is over. Hallelujah. We thank God for another new month. What a joy and privilege to see the 11th month of this year. We have one month, one more month for the year to come to an end. And we are so grateful to God. He has been faithful to us. He has shown himself strong and alive in our lives. He has proven that he is our God and there is none beside him. We appreciate him and we thank him. Father, to you alone be all the glory for all that you have done for us. We return all the glory unto you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being a wall of fire around each and every one of us. Thank you for the open heavens upon us. Thank you for leading us and directing us the way we should go. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Thank you and thank you and thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. All right. We are going into the word of life. The Bible is the book of life. There is no other book out there that can be more accurate and that can bring life and healing and deliverance than the Word of God, than the Bible. But as much as the Bible can bring life to you, as much as the Bible can bring healing and deliverance to you, you could also have the Bible and read it from cover to cover and never benefit from distance. You could read the Bible from cover to cover and never benefit from, never receive healing, deliverance, never prosper. It will never make any sense to you. You will never gain any understanding. In other words, is it possible to read the Bible and not understand it? Yes. It is possible to read the Bible and not understand it. It is possible to study, to read the Bible, study scriptures, and never come to an understanding. Hallelujah. That is why there are some Islamic scholars who have read the Bible cover to cover, and they haven't experienced any change. Praise the Lord. Because, you see, until the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, until you come in contact with the Holy Spirit, who wrote the Bible, and he started to open your eyes to see the mysteries in the Bible. The Bible will just be another storybook. It won't benefit you. Praise the Lord. Even as believers, we our knowledge of the Word of God should be progressive. Our knowledge of the Word of God should be what should be progressive. The revelation of the Word of God coming to us should be progressive should not be, we shouldn't be stuck with one revelation. Amen. You know, that is why so many Christians, they find it difficult to accept new revelations. Now, I, I want to caution you here. It is not every revelation that any man of God, any woman of God comes and says, oh, this is a new revelation. They just discovered that you have to prove, you have to accept it and you run with it. No. Every revelation must be proven. Every revelation must be what? Must be proven. The scripture says, test all spirits. You have to test the spirit behind the revelation. Amen. You have to test what? The spirit behind the revelation. Now, the easiest way not for you not to be taken advantage of, for you not, not to fall to false prophets, false teachers, is for you to make Jesus the center of every revelation discovered. When Jesus becomes the center of every revelation discovered, then it will be easy for you to test the revelations that are out there and bring them in line with Christ and see if they fall in line with the work of the, with the, work of the cross the resurrection of the the resurrection of Christ and the present day ministry of Christ. Hallelujah. 
if any revelation doesn't pass through these three tests, forget it. It won't benefit you. It might even dampen your spirit. All right. Our title today is Love, the Covenant Born. Hallelujah. The Covenant Born. In other words, it is the love of Christ that keeps the covenant together. It is the love of Christ that makes the covenant a reality. That makes the covenant what? A reality. Now, if love was not involved, listen carefully, if love was not involved, what you and I call the covenant, the new covenant, will be invalid even though the blood of Jesus Christ would have been or has been shed if love was not involved the covenant wouldn't have been able to stand the covenant wouldn't have been able to do what to stand that is why love is the commandment given under the new covenant now in every covenant there are terms and conditions what makes a covenant value is the terms and conditions. If there are no terms and conditions, a covenant is not valid. For example, talking about, so a covenant is just similar like a contract, but it's deeper than a contract or a partnership. For example, let's say you enter into a partnership with somebody, business partnership, and there are no terms and conditions of your partnership written down. Now, the partner is not obligated to fulfill any condition at the end of the terms of the, the, the partnership. So if you're going to partnership with somebody for one year and you don't write the terms and conditions of that partnership, you can't enforce what you think should be the terms and conditions at the, at the time set or the time given or at the end of that partnership. Your partner stands to gain everything. And you can't dispute it because nothing is written down. Hallelujah. Even though both of you agree that you are going to do the business together, but because there was no written agreement, none of you is bound to who to the other party's demands. You will not be bound to the other party's what demands. <clears throat> that is why in marriage, before a marriage is consummated. The words, these words are mostly used. You will exchange vows. The exchanging of the vows are the terms of the marriage. They are the terms of what? The marriage. That makes the marriage valid. If the terms, if those vows are not shared, if those vows are not pronounced, it will just be boyfriend, girlfriend. It will just be sex partners. It won't hold water. But if the words are exchanged, if the vows are exchanged, then the two parties are bound into that marriage. And that is why it can no longer be one-way traffic. It has to be both ways. It has to be what? Both ways. The, the two parties involved in the marriage now see themselves as one, fulfilling the vows that they shared. Praise the Lord. And most of the times we just say these vows. We don't really sit down to meditate and think about them. And then within no time, you know, the get fed up and say, go your way. Then I, that is why after a while, if they don't seem to agree, they go back again and what? And denounce the marriage. You see, the new covenant is the same thing. Under the covenant, there are terms and conditions of the covenant that makes the covenant valid. That makes the covenant what valid. Now, the ring is not necessarily the marriage. The, the words that came out of both mouths and those words enforced and kept, that makes the marriage valid. The ring is just a sign that you guys are, are married. And that's why some people wear the ring and they have no respect for the ring. They wear the ring all right, but they have no respect for the ring. They go out there, they do anything, they commit adultery, they do all kinds of stupid things. Hallelujah. So you will notice that 
in the old covenant you will notice that the the old covenant was not complete the old covenant was incomplete it was incomplete and i want us to go back to the old covenant and look at certain key things and then we'll come back to the new covenant as we progress in this message hallelujah please stay with us share the message with your friends invite your friends to come and join us as we partake of the word of life let's go to deuteronomy 20 29 Deuteronomy 29. And please listen carefully to the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. Look at Moses talking about the covenant. He said, keep therefore the words of this covenant. Do what? Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them. So, it wasn't just the covenant, but the worst of the covenant was what they were to do. He said, do them. Do the worst of the covenant. Do, underline that phrase, the worst of this covenant. And do them. Keep, therefore, the worst of this covenant and do them. That ye may prosper in all that ye do. So under the old covenant, the scripture said they will prosper in all that they do as they keep what? The worst of the covenant. The worst of the covenant. Every marriage will prosper as both parties keep the worst of the vows, as they keep their vows. A partnership will stand as both parties do what? They keep their the worst of the partnership. The, a contract will stand as both parties agree to the what? To the terms of the contract. To the terms of the contract. Hallelujah. So it is not just signing the contract. It is not just having a marital ring. It is following and fulfilling the vows. The worst of the contract, of the partnership, or the marriage, or the covenant. Praise the Lord. Verse 10 says, Ye stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, and your officers, with all the men of Israel. Verse 11, Your little ones, your wives, and thy, strength, and, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the heaver of the wood unto the drawer of the water, that thou should, should enter into covenant with the Lord thy God, and into this oath which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, that he may be unto thee a God, as he has said unto thee, and he has sworn unto thy fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Verse 14. Neither would you only do, I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. So this is the first covenant that God was making with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. He said, this words of the covenant, he said, keep this words of the covenant. And this words of the covenant includes the ones that are standing here with you. Even the stranger that is in your house. Now, it is so important for you to notice. He said, the stranger, who is the stranger? The stranger is somebody who was not originally born as an Israelite. But because he was bought a slave and he was there the day of the covenant, he is not part of the commonwealth of Israel. And he is part of the covenant. He is not part of what? The commonwealth of Israel. And he is not part of the covenant. And he will prosper as he also obeys the terms of the covenant. As he keeps the words of the covenant. He also will do what? Will prosper. Hallelujah. Now, so he told them in Deuteronomy 20, 29... And then Deuteronomy 30 verse 6. Listen to what he said in Deuteronomy 30 verse 6, which is so important. He said here, 
Let me read verse 5 to 6. Deuteronomy 30 verse 5 to 6. And the Lord thy God will bring thee unto the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart, and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. Alright, they just entered into the covenant in 29. In 30, Moses is telling them that but something else was going to take place. Something else was going to happen in the future. That God was going to circumcise their heart to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, that they may live. That is why I said the Bible is a progressive book. So if you are, to, to those who still clinch to the law, to those who still hold on to the law, they need to study this part carefully and ask if the children of Israel, their house were circumcised in the wilderness. They need to ask that question. They need to ask that question if their house were circumcised in the, in, in the wilderness. Their house were not circumcised. It was only their first king. Their first king were circumcised, but not their heart. So because of that, the covenant could not stand. The covenant could not stand. And the reason the covenant could not stand was love. Their hearts needed to be circumcised for them to love the Lord. They needed the circumcision of the heart for the covenant to become valid. For the covenant to be complete. So that is why throughout the Old Testament, you will hear God telling them a new covenant I will make with you. Especially Jeremiah 30, 31. A new covenant I will make with the house of Israel. Not as the old covenant. Hallelujah. So in the new covenant, in the new covenant, the heart of those who are involved in the new covenant are circumcised. Circumcision is the curtain of the skin. The curtain of what? The skin. In the old covenant, their foreskin were cut as a sign of their covenant with God. You, if you go through the book of Genesis, you see God asking Abraham to circumcise himself. And Abraham circumcised himself and every male child in his household, including the slaves. So circumcision of their foreskin was a token of their covenant with God. And that couldn't make the covenant strong for God to complete his blessings in their lives. But yet, they experienced some amount of blessings. The scripture says Abraham was rich. Jacob was rich. Isaac was rich. The children of Israel prospered. They did what? They prospered. They saw physical blessings, protections, even as faulty as the old covenant was, God still honored his word and they saw the hand of God. They prospered in everything that they did. Now the question is, how much more the new covenant? How much more the new what? The new covenant. So with this understanding, those of us in the new covenant, we should prosper more than those in the old covenant. Because the old covenant says this, Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. It said, keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that ye may prosper in all that ye do. It said, do them that ye may prosper. So if the old covenant, they were to do the words of the old covenant and they will prosper in all that they do, then under the new covenant, when you do the words of the new covenant, you will prosper beyond measures in everything that you do. In everything that you do, you will prosper beyond measures. That is why in these last days, we are going to experience an unusual world in the body of Christ. We are going to experience uncommon blessings in the body of Christ. Before Jesus Christ will return, 
the body of Christ will be in control of the financial system of this world. I know this will be difficult for some believers to accept. Before Jesus will return, believers, Christians across the globe will be in charge of the market systems, the financial system, the health system of this world. We will take practical dominion of the systems of this world in order for the gospel to advance and reach every corner. When that happens, then Jesus will return. Now, let me say this. If you want to know the sign of the coming of Christ, look at the church. Look at the prosperity of the church. Look at the power of the church. Look at the influence of the church. Look at the nations that will be opening their doors to the gospel. Those are signs that the coming of Christ is nearer and closer than ever before. That is why he said in Matthew 24, he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the ends of the earth. Then the end will come. Man, the preaching of the gospel comes with prosperity. Comes with what? Prosperity. So the church will be in command of the affairs of this world. The church will rule practically in this world. The church will have dominion over any institution in this world. We are just about to step into that right now. Hallelujah. So if they were to do the works of the old covenant and they will prosper in everything that they do, in the new covenant, if we do the works of the new covenant, we will prosper much, much more, exceedingly, abundantly more than those in the old covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the worst of the new covenant is this. Love your neighbor as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. He said, by this shall men know that ye are my disciples. This is the commandment. These are the words of the covenant that will cause you to prosper beyond your imaginations. Hallelujah. That is what will cause you to do what? To prosper beyond your imaginations. Now go to Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. Look at what Moses said to them again. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. That I have set before you what? Life and death. Blessings, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Verse 20. That thou mayest love the Lord. Now, now listen carefully. This is so, it is so interesting how the Bible coordinates. How scriptures are constantly coordinating each other. That's why I began by saying that the Bible is a progressive book. And the revelation of God's word must be progressive. If the revelation of God's word is not progressive, the church is stuck. The church cannot make impact. Praise the Lord. He said that thou mayest love the Lord. You see, he said, I, he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day. This is through the covenant entry. It's through the covenant process. They started Deuteronomy 29. Moses was talking to them that they were going to enter into the covenant with the Lord their God. And through that, they will prosper in everything that they do. That they will keep the words of the covenant. And then verse 13, he began to tell them that a time is coming that God will circumcise their heart to love him. He will circumcise their heart and the heart of their children. And then verse uh, uh, 13, he told them that he is calling heaven and earth to record this day against them. That heaven and earth were the witnesses of the covenant that they were entering with God. And that he, Moses, have said before them, blessings and cursing, life and death. And that he, Moses, is telling them that they should choose life. That by choosing life, they and their seed will live. And that he told them how to choose life. He told them how to choose what? Life. 
He told them how to choose blessings. Listen to what he said. That thou, shalt, thou mayest love the Lord, thy God. You see that? That is the choosing of life. That is life. That is what Moses said before them. Moses said, this is life. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your strength. Moses was telling them, this is life. This is blessings. But if you choose not to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, this is curses and this is death. That was what Moses said before them. Hallelujah. Now, did you see why in the new covenant, love dominates? Did you see why? Because that is our life. His love is our life. His love is my life. Please put that statement down and say it with me. His love is my life. The love of the Father is my life. His love is my life. His love is my blessings. His love is what? His love is my blessings. His love is my prosperity. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. That thou mayest keep the words of this covenant. That thou will prosper in whatever you do. And we know that the words of the covenant was for them to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. So his love is your prosperity. Please write these statements down. Write these statements down. Put them as comments. His love is your prosperity. His love is your life. The love of the Father is your prosperity. Period. Hallelujah. The love of the Father is what? Is your prosperity. The love of the Father is your prosperity. The love of the Father is your life. The love of the Father is your, your blessings. It is time the church, we have to change. Look, the word of God is progressive. Don't be stuck with the law. The word of God is progressive. That's what Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Why? Because that is your life, that is your prosperity, that is your peace, that is your strength, that is your health, that is your security, that is your protection, that is your deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. His love is my life. His love is your life. His love is your peace. His love is your prosperity. His love is your joy. His love is your life. Is your life. Is your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, I call heaven to record heaven and earth to record this day against you. To be witnesses that I, Moses, I have said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. And I am asking you to choose life. And how do you choose life? How do you choose blessings? That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Did you see that? Deuteronomy 30 verse 20. Say, for he is your life. He is your life. So if love is the tense of the covenant, then his love is your life. His love is your prosperity. His love is your peace. His love is everything you will ever need in this life. Please put that as a comment. His love is everything you will ever need in this life. His love is everything you will ever need in this life. His love is your deliverance. His love is what? Is your deliverance. His love is your deliverance. Uh, most people say, Pastor, how can his love be? Let me tell you, there's no power that is greater powerful than the love of Christ. His love is your deliverance. Is everything you will ever desire in this kingdom. Praise the Lord. 
For he is your life. Listen carefully. Look at the next word. And the length of that days. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. I am so, I am so fired up. The word of God is true. The word of God is life. He said, he is your life and the length of your days. He is your life and the length of your days. Long life. For with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. You know who is his salvation? Christ. Jesus Christ is his salvation. The Father's salvation. My salvation. Your salvation. With long life. Because he has set his love upon me. I will deliver him. I will be with him in trouble. Listen. His love is your length of this. His love is your long life. His love is your life. So if we want to live long, what must you do? You embrace his love. Look, the men and the women that would take advantage of God's love, they will live long, they will live healthy, they will live strong in this life. They will what? They will live long. They will live healthy. They will live strong in this life. So in this our youth, youthful age, as we start to embrace his love, not only are we going to live long, our youth will be renewed like the eagle. When you are 130, you will still be strong and active. Not bedridden. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy father, thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Praise the Lord. The love of the Father is your life. The love of the Father is the length of your days is the length of your days. Most Christians die young. Not because the Father called them, but because they, they skipped the road of love. They went out of the road of love. Thank you, Jesus. So, so you, you see why Jesus, in, the, in Matthew 26, came back and said, he took the bread, took the cup, and said, this is the blood of the new covenant. My blood of the new covenant, which is shared for many for the remission of sins. It was necessary for the new covenant to be enacted so that the prophetic word that Moses spoke in Genesis chapter 30 will come to pass, that the Lord will circumcise your heart to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is why there was no need for the emphasis in this new covenant, for us to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, there was no need for that. Why? Because our hearts has been circumcised. Romans 5, 5. And hope. What is hope? Hope is our imagination of what? Heaven. Our imagination of what? Heaven. That is our hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. This imagination of heaven is not, is not an empty one. It's not a wishful one. It is not daydreaming. It's a reality. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? For the love of God. Look at this. The love of Christ, the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Did you notice that? And hope. And hope will not put you to shame. Your hope will not fail. Why? Because of his love. Did you see that? What is our hope as Christians? Our ultimate hope as Christians is to ever be with him 
to ever what to ever be with him and the scripture say this hope cannot be stopped this hope cannot be hindered this hope will not put us to shame and this imagination that we have that we are going to be with Christ Jesus we are going to spend eternity with him this imagination that we have will not put us to shame why love See, you see, so it is the love of Christ that keeps our hope alive. That is almost, that is almost for he is your life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. See that Christ in us, the hope of what? Glory. The hope of spending eternity with Christ. What makes this hope a reality? What makes this hope? A potent hope, a lovely hope, is our love. Because the love of Christ is shared abroad in our heart. Because the love of Christ is poured into our heart. How? Because your heart has been circumcised. Your hope of eternal life cannot be stopped by any devil. Cannot be stopped by any devil. And this also connects to any desire, any imagination that you have concerning the word of God, any imagination, anything that you hope for to happen to you according to God's word, because the love of Christ has been activated in your heart, no devil can stop it from manifesting. That is all. Whatever promise God has promised you, and you haven't seen that promise any scripture that you are standing and believing God for the fulfillment of that scripture, I make this bold prediction. No devil from the pit of hell can stop that scripture from being manifested in your life. No devil can stop the fulfillment of God's word in your life. No power from the pit of hell can stop the fulfillment of God's word in your life. Why? Because the love of Christ is in your heart. It's in your heart. Your heart has been circumcised to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And because your heart has been circumcised to love God and to love your neighbor as God has loved you, he is your life and he is the length of your days. And you will prosper in whatever you do. You what you will prosper in whatever you do, and whatever you are believing God for is manifested in your life, is in your hands now, is in your hands, is in your hands. Whatever you are believing God for is right there with you. Receive it. And now let me say this: the reason why you cannot fail, the reason why that promise cannot be denied. The reason why that prophetic word will come to pass in your life is because his love is in you. Now, if you didn't understand that the love of Christ is what releases all these blessings into your life, now you have understanding. You have understanding right now that his love is your prosperity. His love is the answer to your prayers. His love is what is the answer to your prayers. His love is your protection. His love is your security. His love is whatever you desire from, from him. His love is that into you. So right now, receive your miracles. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. Receive your deliverance. In the name of Jesus Christ, the yokes are broken. The powers of darkness that were against you, they are crushed. They are destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. They are destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. They are destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. His love is your life. It's your life. It's your life. It's your life. We need this understanding. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let's, let's, let's move quick. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians. Now, 
in the new covenant, everything comes boils down to his love. Everything boils down to Christ and his love. In the new covenant, everything boils down to what? To Christ and his love. So let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> We read 10 and 11. <clears throat> Colossians 3, 10 and 11. Now watch here. It says, and put on the new man. Put on the new man. Who is this man? We must understand who this man is. And put on the new man. It says, put it on. So just as you put on your dress, you put on your shirt, you put on a hat, you put on your watch, he said, put this man on. Who is this man? This is the man whose heart has been circumcised to love the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, and with all his strength. Who is this man? This is the man whose hope of everlasting life cannot be stopped by any devil. Whose hope cannot be put to shame because the love of Christ is in him and, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So we have to put on the new man. So the new man is the man of love is the man that, that is the man whose heart is full of love, is full of love. His mind, his heart, his strength, his will is full of the Father's love. That is the man. And the scripture says, put on that man. Do what? Put on that man. Verse 11. He said, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Christian, uh, born nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Man, this scripture is so powerful. I would like you to meditate in this scripture. Translation says Christ in all and in everything. In all and in everything. This is where the New Testament takes its root from. That Christ is all. That everything has to do with Christ. Everything has to do with the knowledge of Christ. Understanding Christ. What he did for us. And the foundational things to know about Christ is his love. The foundational thing to know about Christ is what? is his love, that his love is in our heart. Let me show you this. The same Colossians. Chapter 3. Let, let's read it, uh, 12. It's a Christ in all and in everything. Verse 12. It said, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowers of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man has a quarrel against any, any even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Verse 14, and above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, you will not understand this until I read some opposite scriptures of Colossians 3 verse 14. It says, above this, 
put on love, which is the bond of what? Perfection. Now, remember, I said Christ, Galatians 3, 11. Christ is all and in everything. Christ is all and in everything. Then he began to name the fruits of the Spirit. Then he came to verse 14. He said, above the fruit of the Spirit, is a put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let me show you the opposite of putting on love eh? in the kingdom. Let me show you. The, this is opposite. I'm not saying the written. Opposite. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you want to know what something is, it's good to know the opposite. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. The opposite of the bond of love. Acts chapter 8. This is so serious. Hallelujah. Verse 32 going. Uh, Acts chapter 8, sorry, verse 23. Let, let, let me start from verse 20. Acts chapter 8, verse 20 going. All, all to, let's start from verse 18 for you to get the whole story. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Hallelujah. It seems that we have some Simons, a lot of Simons in the body of Christ today. <laughs> they offer money for anointing. 19. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that thy, the gift of God may be purchased with money. And then Paul, Peter did not stop there. Verse 21. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. Now, this is so serious. He said, neither part nor lot in this matter. You are not part. You, are, you don't have a covenant. You are not involved. You don't have an agreement. There's nothing connecting you to this matter. All right. So let's continue the read, reading. He says, There is neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Thy heart is not what? Right in the sight of God. Underline that. Verse 23, for it says, verse 22, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God, if perhaps that the thoughts of thy heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the God of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Praise the Lord. If, if, if I'm not able to finish here, we'll continue next Sunday. But this is so important. Understanding the bond of the covenant. Understanding the bond of the covenant. Look at the opposite of the bond of iniquity. Peter is telling Simon, he said, for I perceive that thou art in the gall, in the gallop. Thou art in the valley. Thou art in the house. Thou art in the mansion of bitterness. And in the bond of iniquity. What Paul was saying to Simon here is that you you as look you 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 are married to iniquity iniquity is your spouse iniquity is your wife you are in a house of bitterness you are in a valley of bitterness you and bitterness are one you and sin are married amen the new covenant cannot survive until you get understanding of God's love in your life. Please put this statement down. The new covenant cannot survive in your life until you get a full understanding of the love of Christ. 
Peter, the same words, bound of iniquity, is the same word used in Galatians 3, <clears throat> verse 11, all the way to 14. Galatians 3, 14. Above all this, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So that means in this covenant, you are married to Christ in love. You are married to Christ in what? In love. And that love, that love, let, let me put it this way. That love absorbs every virtue of Christ in your lives. It absorbs what? It absorbs every virtue. In other words, the love of Christ is, is, is the love of Christ in your heart is a spiritual magnet that will absorb and attract kindness, tender mercies, temperance, faith, meekness. All these virtues will be absorbed into the love of Christ. Is the force of the kingdom that attracts these other virtues into your life. He said, put on love. Once love is put on, it will draw humility, humbleness of mind, forgiving one another, loving one another, tender messes, kindness, patience, it will draw peace into your life. It will draw joy into your life. It will draw, it will draw all the virtues in Christ into your life. Remember the scriptures talking in the book of 1 Peter, I think 1 Peter, 2 Peter. He talks about virtue. He said, put on virtue. Virtue, add this. He said, add your virtue. So all the virtues in Christianity, <clears throat> And will be limited in their operations in your life. Will be limited in their manifestations in your life. Until you have put on love. The virtues of the new covenant. The other words of the new covenant. Will be limited in their manifestations in your life. Until you have put on love. Until you have put on what? Love. Until you have put on love. Until you have put on love. Until you have put on love. That is why love is your life. It, this is the one thing you need to have every other thing work for you. This is the one thing you need to step into other virtues in the kingdom. It is the bond of the covenant. It is what makes the covenant work. It is his love in your heart is what will make the covenant work, is what will make the it's what will make the covenant to produce results. He said, Thou may prosper. He said, Observe to do the worst of this covenant. Eh? Observe to do the worst of this covenant that thou may prosper in whatever you do. So the love of Christ. Is the words of the covenant, and as you do his love, it will attract other virtues of the covenant, it will attract the virtues in the new covenant, it will attract the virtues in the new covenant, and that makes you absolutely complete in Christ Jesus. And that's what the scripture says: Ye are complete in Christ Jesus, who is the head of all principalities and powers. Praise the Lord. So you see Peter describes uh, Simon the sorcerer. He says you are in the girl of bitterness. You are in the girl of what? Bitterness. You are in the band of iniquity. You are married to sin. You, he said his own was not just sin. Iniquity. Inner crookedness. In means inside. Inside. So he was married to inner crookedness. Praise the Lord. Let me read these other two scriptures and then we'll be in our way. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. 
Ephesians 4 8. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. Look at what the scripture says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. Verse 8 to 12. Wherefore he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity's captives and gave gifts unto men. Verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11 and 12, listen carefully. He gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Look at verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edifying of what? The body of Christ. Till we all come into the knowledge of the faith and of the Son of God, Unto a perfect man and unto the stature, or unto a perfect man, unto the stature of the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He said, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, to the edifying, the building, the building of the church. You see that? The building of the church. Listen carefully. He takes his love for the church. To be built for the church to be edified. It is what? It is the, the love of Christ. His love. Putting on his love. Brings edification to his body. He, it brings unity to his body. It brings us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And let me read one more scripture here. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Isaiah 58 verse 6, as we run up. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 58 verse 6. We are, our time is almost up, so I'm not going to... Next week, we are going to continue from this line. Isaiah 58 verses. Watch here. This, this, this is a... A scripture that has been used by we almost verse 6. It says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bands of wickedness? You see the word bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free that he may break every yoke. Now, this, this is talking about fasting that during this time is to lose the bands of wickedness. The chains of wickedness. Huh? Listen carefully. What changed you into this new covenant for you to prosper in everything you do is putting on his love. Colossians chapter 3 verse 14. He said, above all these things, put on love, which is the bound. It changed you to the other virtues that is in Christ Jesus. Simon in as chapter 8, Peter said he was chained in the bounds of wickedness. He was chained to iniquity. He was bound to the gallows or to the valleys of bitterness and to the uh, 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 house of iniquity. He was bound. He was chained. He was bound. He was a slave of sin. Listen carefully. Do you notice that in Paul's writings, is it our Paul, a born servant of Christ? Do you see Peter using that word? Uh, uh, Peter, Paul, you see them using those, those words in their writings, a born servant of God. Peter said, a prisoner of Christ. Uh, 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 sorry, Paul. He said, our Paul, a prisoner of Christ. Listen, get yourself in prison in God's love and you will prosper in whatever you do. 
Get yourself in prison in God's love. Imprison yourself in God's love. And you will prosper in whatever you do. Love is the bond of perfection. He said, above all distance, above all distance, above all distance, put on love. Put on what? Love, which is the bond of perfection. Put on love. He mentioned humility, forgiveness, he mentioned meekness, he mentioned kindness and patience and all of that. He said, but above all. So love is above all the virtues in the new covenant. And with that love, other virtues will fail in their manifestations. With that love, other virtues will do what? Other virtues will fail in their manifestations. Without the love of Christ, if you don't put on the love of Christ, all the other virtues that you try to cultivate, they will fail. They will fail in their manifestations. Hallelujah. I hope you got the example. Simon was bound. He was bound. He said, he, said he, he was bound in the, in the bond of iniquity. Bound of iniquity. In the gallow of, uh, gall of bitterness. So just as there are some, so many people right now, they have sold their soul to the devil. In this kingdom, it's the opposite. Sell yourself to the love of Christ. Sell yourself. Sell your heart to the love of Christ. 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 It will cause you to prosper in everything you do. His love is your life. His love is your prosperity. His love is your peace. His love is your health. Sell your heart to his love. Imprison your heart in his love. Imprison yourself in his love. God bless you. The Lord increase you. The Lord cause his faith to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I believe you've been blessed. I believe you've been charged. I believe you've been encouraged. Become a prisoner of God's love. It will pay you great dividends. Become a prisoner of what? God's love. Please write it down. Become a prisoner of God's love. It will pay you great dividends. Let the chains of his love be so strong that nothing will be able to break those chains. You see, Isaiah 58, verse 6, he was talking about breaking the bounds of iniquity, the bounds of wickedness, to undo the affliction, all of that. You, you come to a point in your love walk that the chains of the love of Christ, they are so strong that nothing can break it. And that's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? The chains of persecution, the chains of affliction, the, all the chains that he mentioned, family distress, they cannot break the chains of the love of Christ in your life. Let his love imprison your heart. Imprison your heart with his love and you will see his glory in your life. God bless you and keep you. The Lord causes faith to shine upon you. If you have been watching us and you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you cannot be a prisoner of his love. Oh yes, you cannot be his prisoner. You cannot be his bond servant. You cannot bind yourself to him except you have received him as your Lord and Savior. I don't know about you. I want to remain his bond slave. I want to remain his prisoner. I want to remain his slave forever. That is where greatness begins. If you want Christ to be your Lord and Savior, Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for having mercy on me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I believe right now you have written my name in the book of life. I will serve you with all my heart. I have released myself into your love as your prisoner as your bond servant. Take me 
and use me for your glory. Baptize me with your spirit and with evidence of speaking in tongues. By these confessions, I know I am born again. I know I'm a candidate of heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your beloved. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you have prayed this prayer, I want, I want you to put a comment. I want you to reach out to us. And then we will also get back to you. We want to help you to grow in your love, to grow in your faith. In Christ Jesus. This is the most important prayer you will ever pray. The prayer of salvation. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the most important prayer you ever pray. And I thank God that you have prayed that prayer. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for all our listeners. I pray for all those watching us right now. Baptize them with your love. Your love is their life. Your love is their health. Your love is their peace. Your love is their joy. Let the liquid fire of your love fall upon them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ignite the fire of your love in their spirits, in their souls, in their bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now I speak to you prophetically. You are secure in his love. Listen carefully. Don't let anything out there shake you. You are secured in his love. And he has given you his life. Therefore, long life is your heritage. Divine health is your heritage. Glorious, lasting, harmonious marriage is your heritage. Prosperity is your heritage. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Please join us next week again as we go into the word of life for his word in Jesus' name. Let's share the goodness together. Surely, God's goodness and mercies are following us all the days of our lives. And we are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Say it loud and clear to yourself. Surely, God's goodness and mercies are following me all the days of my life. And I am dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The Lord causes faith to shine upon you continuously and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, peace, shalom.